Welcome to a podcast from Alive Church in Newark. We believe that the gospel changes lives, so we hope you're ready to hear from God, be challenged and inspired. Here's our speaker for today. Pause for that. Great, if you want to grab your Bibles and turn to John chapter 19. And uh, we're continuing our, our series at Easter, and it's Easter through women's eyes. And uh, we're looking at near to the cross. So John chapter 19, and we'll start at verse 16. John 19, starting from verse 16. And I think the verses I'm reading may be slightly different to the ones on the screen, uh, just because of a different translation, but they'll roughly say the same thing. So he, that's Pilate, delivered him, that's Jesus, over to them to be crucified. And so they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the, uh, the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Aramaic, in Latin and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written... I have written. And when the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. And then just a couple more verses. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. And a jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head. And gave up his spirit. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. I thank you so much for not wasting our time. Thank you so much you're not a cultural entity or a fairy tale or a philosophy or an academic subject or even a religious figure. You're the creator, sovereign king of the universe who's alive and longs for every person in this room to know you and to run with you, and to walk with you. And so, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here this afternoon. Thank you you're here, whether we welcome you or not. Thank you for being here all the time, doing your stuff. But God, I pray you breathe life into these words that we've just read. 
And I pray, God, as we unpack this, the faithfulness of these dear, dear women at the cross and the faithfulness of Jesus that you'd speak. I want to leave here differently to the way I've walked in because I've heard you. And so come, Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to talk this afternoon on standing and clinging to the cross of Jesus when the battles of life hit. When things fall apart around us, do we run to Jesus or do we run away from Jesus? And the the context is this, everyone else has legged it. Everyone else has abandoned Jesus at his very moment of need. All the men have gone except John. And these women remained faithful. They remained faithful whilst Jesus was crucified. And in the the text, it just says he was crucified. And that was enough for the first century reader. They knew the horrors. They knew the the, the barbaric nature of crucifixion. We're not going to go into that now. On Good Friday, I know you guys are going to our location in Lincoln, aren't you? And so on that service, you'll, you'll capture again the horrors and the, the, the weight of what Jesus carried for me and for you. But in the midst of this, in the midst of the crowd mocking Jesus, in the midst of the horrors of the cross that Jesus was going through, these women, we see in verse 24, just stood by the cross of Jesus. And this afternoon, we're just going to challenge each other to come back to the cross This Easter, it's not a a religious time of year. This is fact. This is history. This is his story. And the question is, are we going to enter into what happened and stand with these women at the cross and allow the truth of Jesus to impact our lives afresh this afternoon? And I just want to see two things from these verses. We're going to look at the faithfulness at the cross and the faithfulness from the cross. You guys up for that? Awesome. I'd be really disappointed if you said no. (laughs) Firstly, let's think about the faithfulness at the cross and just reflect on these incredibly faithful women. These women who stood with Jesus in his time of need. And at the cross we see Jesus, his mother was there, his mother's sister was there, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and and second century tradition uh, argues that Clopas was Joseph's brother. So this was another of Jesus' aunts. And Mary Magdalene was there. These four women at the foot of the cross refusing to give up on Jesus. And just think about, again, enter into this faithfulness that they were showing. I want to suggest they were faithful even with a broken heart. Can you just imagine Mary, Jesus' mother, looking up her firstborn son, being barbarically tortured and broken and crying out in pain on that cross. The, 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 the hands that she had, had held, maybe the hands that she held as they walked to school for his first day. The hands that she had held in love, the, 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 the baby that had, had been born and grown. And now Jesus, her son, was being cruelly killed on a cross. Just put yourself in Mary's shoes. I want us to grasp this this afternoon. 
as she gazed into the eyes of her son, terrorized by the excruciating pain as he suffered a brutal execution. The, the crippling sense of injustice as Jesus was being killed as a criminal, even though he was innocent and had done nothing wrong. Can you imagine the emotional weight Mary must have felt when her community completely turned against her and her family? The community that she'd grown up in. Maybe her neighbours were part of the crowd who on Palm Sunday were singing, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then a few days later in the crowd crying, crucify him, crucify him. Can you imagine the weight that must have been upon Mary? Hearing the crowd mock her boy in his moment of pain. I want us to enter in to the reality of this moment. Can you just imagine the total brokenness in Mary's heart? Is there, those of us who are parents here, is there anything more breaking in us than when our kids go through pain? And as she gazed up into the eyes of her firstborn son, I want to suggest the brokenness must have been overwhelming. And yet she was faithful at the cross. And then think about the doubts and the questions that must have been rising up in their hearts as they looked at Jesus. This Jesus that, that had, had so much love and compassion. I mean, think about Mary Magdalene. It, she'd been, had seven demons cast out of her by Jesus. That she'd experienced so much power in Jesus. She'd seen the love and the compassion of Jesus. They'd heard how Jesus had risen Lazarus from the grave. And yet here was that Jesus dying on a cross before them. Can, can you imagine what they might have been feeling in that moment? Jesus, why aren't you doing anything? You raised Lazarus from the dead. You supernaturally delivered me. I know you can change this in an instant, but you're letting all of this happen to you. Why is this happening? Where are you at this moment? The Jesus I've seen move in power in the past seems totally different to the Jesus I'm seeing in the present. Just enter into this rising, I want to suggest, maybe doubts and questioning that must have been plaguing their hearts. This is real life. Real people. You see, this was Good Friday. They didn't know Easter Sunday was going to happen. We look back with hindsight. And at the foot of the cross, they were faithful at the cross in the midst of the doubts. And then imagine the deep disappointment, the brokenheartedness, the doubts, and then the deep disappointment. They had put their lives into Jesus' hands. Jesus was going to liberate them. Jesus was going to set them free. They maybe thought Jesus was going to liberate them from Rome. They heard his teaching. They'd seen his wisdom and his love. Jesus was going to transform the world. And in this moment, this Jesus who they pinned their hopes on seemed totally defeated, dying like a criminal on a cross. And I want to suggest in this moment, somewhere in their heart, maybe, they were disappointed with Jesus. And yet they were faithful at the cross. I want us to be real. There's no maturity in faking it. In life, each of us will walk through these different things. 
And the question is this afternoon is, will we be faithful at the cross or will we just run away and give up? In the brokenness, when just living in a broken world and things happen that are unfair, that aren't right, and we think, God, why is this happening? Do we run away or do we stay standing at the cross? When doubts rise up, and we all have doubts at times, that's why it's faith. Only when we see him face to face. You won't need faith in heaven because you'll see him. And now in this mixture, in this mystery of faith and yet questioning, we cling to him and say, God, am I going to trust you even though I have questions and sometimes doubts? And then there will be times. Jesus is never disappointing in himself. He is magnificent. He is perfect. He is glorious. And yet the reality is human experience of walking with a glorious saviour is that there'll be times where we pray and maybe fast and long and long and long for him to do something and things maybe don't turn out how we wanted them to. And in that moment, our human experience could be disappointment in Jesus. This is where these women were at. This is how they felt in their hearts as they were seeing Jesus on that cross, I want to suggest to us. Uh, and my hunch is in a group this size, not a prophetic word, this is just life. But there may be someone here in this room and you are facing the biggest battle you have ever faced in life. And the question is, will you stay faithful at the cross or will you run away? Martin Luther once said this, where the battle rages, there the loyalty of the soldier is proved. Wow. It's true. I can honestly tell more about someone's relationship with Jesus far more when the battle's hit than I can when life is going awesome. And these faithful, dear, incredible women clung to Jesus in the midst of all that. And then let's look at Jesus and think about faithfulness from the cross. And I just want us just to just unpack and not rush this stuff. We hear this maybe all the time, and none of this is going to be new. And I don't really apologize. Well, I don't apologize, not really. I don't apologize for that at all. Because the moment you start moving away from the cross is the moment you start moving away from Christianity. You see, it is all about Jesus and the cross and the empty tomb. You don't grow up as a Christian and suddenly become more mature. You don't need the cross anymore. It's the simplicity of grace. It's the truth of a crucified saviour. And as we look at Jesus dying on that cross for me and for you, just reflect on his outrageous faithfulness. That faithfulness that settled our debt. And that's, uh, apologies, I went a couple of verses beyond. I couldn't resist this as I was just praying about it. But this sense that in this moment of perceived defeat was glorious victory. He cried out, it is finished. It is dealt with. It is paid for. The debt has been settled. Tetelestai is the Greek word, and it was a financial term that was used in the marketplace, which meant paid for in full. You see, the Bible's clear. All of us fall short. There's not one person in this room better than anyone else. All of us fall short of the glory of God. We can never be good enough. You can never earn it. You can never perform it. You can never know your Bible well enough. There's nothing you and I can do with our lives in order to earn 
that forgiveness of God. And yet God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son for me and for you. He owes us nothing. He doesn't need to do anything for you. And yet he gave you everything. And on that cross, the faithfulness of Jesus, and we could have talked about the faithfulness to the cross when we see the Old Testament prophecies and the plan of God leading to it too. But in that moment, he took my sin, your sin, our shame, our guilt, the wrath of the Father laid fully upon the Son, and it was dealt with forever. It is finished. And and if that doesn't stir something in your heart, then can I just politely say, if you're a Christian, not a shame on you, that sounds a bit wrong, but, but maybe you need, to come, well, you need to come back to the cross. If there's nothing in your heart that is amazed by amazing grace, you've lost sight of grace. If there's nothing in your heart when you survey the wondrous cross that you just say demands my life, my soul and my all, You've lost sight of the cross. You've made it a little medal around your neck or a little figure that you put on the, the, the wall. Nothing wrong with these things. I'm just saying we can domesticate the reality of the cross so much. And Jesus was so faithful at the cross. He cried, it is finished. That wasn't a cry of, I am finished. It was a cry of victory and not defeat. Saying, it is done. It is paid for. It is finished. And I just want to say over us this afternoon, if you're a Christian here and you've trusted in Christ, regardless of how you feel, you are forever safe in the palm of the Father's hand. It's clear. That, I know you may have different theology to me, but that can't all be right. <laughs> I'm joking, okay? But I think the Bible's clear. The moment we put our life, our hands in, the, in, the, in Jesus' hand, the moment we give our lives to him, it instantly we're new creations. Instantly we've taken from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the sun. Instantly nothing and no one can separate us from the love that's in Christ, Romans 8. Instantly no one can snatch you from the Father's hand. I think it's John 10. Instantly. Not, well, I've got to wait till I'm 30 years old as a Christian. And I know the Bible back to front and I've done enough good things and maybe God might let me in. No, today, right here, right now, regardless of how you feel, if your faith is in Jesus, you are safe, you are secure. It is done. It is finished. This isn't a religion. This isn't rules. This is about grace and a relationship with a king. And it's on his terms, not yours. So you better accept them because you have no other way. It is all because of what Jesus has done. The faithfulness on the cross. And then the faithfulness at the cross that he saw Mary. Man, again, just allow what's happening here just to, to, to fall upon you afresh. That as Jesus is suffering in a way that not one person in this room will ever come close to, he still had a heart for others. It blows me away. My, my natural instinct, and I'm, I know loads of people's, is that the moment battles in life hit or things hit, things struggle, there's a, there's a, a, a battle to be fought is, right, I'm battening down the hatches, I'm not going to have time for anyone else, and I'm just going to focus on me and get through this. The amount of times we say, oh, we're just taking a season off church because life's too hectic. That's the very moment you should be in church. 
It's when you need the love and support of others. Anyway, that was a bit of a caveat. But here's Jesus suffering agony. Not just the physical suffering, the spiritual agony of bearing the wrath of the Father against our sin. But of being in that moment, just, why God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In that moment of agony, he saw Mary. In that moment of agony, he saw the crowd and said, Father, forgive them. Blows my mind. He hadn't lost sight of Mary and other people, even in the midst of his pain. And friend, he sees you. He sees you this afternoon. If, if there was ever a moment in history where someone had the absolute right just to focus on themselves and get through it, I want to suggest it was that moment on the cross. And yet he's so loving. He's so compassionate. And this is my Jesus. And he sees you. He, he sees every battle you face. He sees the situations you're walking through. He knows the pain. He sees the tears. He's heard the prayers. He's seen the sacrifices. He's seen the times where you've messed up and you've picked yourself up and you've come back to him. He sees you. And his heart is full of compassion for you. He saw Mary. And then he didn't just see her, but he sustained her too. This faithfulness from the cross, he didn't just see Mary and just, just, just recognize it, even how magnificent that would have been. He said to, to Mary, Mary, this is now your son. And to John, John, this is now your mum. He wanted to enable Mary to keep going, and so he provided a way for her to be sustained through the support of John. And the reality is this, as we think about the faithfulness at the cross, the sustaining grace of Jesus for every person in this room is found through the cross of Jesus. And this afternoon, you may be looking at techniques, you may be looking at how to, to improve your life, or pep talks, or whatever. But my friend, the place where you will find the grace to keep going is simply coming back to the cross and just standing there and saying, Jesus, I cannot do this. And Jesus pours his grace, pours his grace. As Paul said, God, I can't keep going with this thorn in the flesh. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. You can't, but I can through you. And the faithfulness at the cross of Jesus that he provided that way for Mary to keep going. And so I want to ask you this afternoon, um, what time do we finish? Sorry, I'm going on, aren't I? Oh, I've got ages yet. Bless you. I really pity you now. I've got 23 minutes left. <laughs> but I do want to say this. Everyone in this room needs to come back to the cross. Just see these faithful women who clung to Jesus. See Jesus dying on the cross for me and for you. Philip Yancey put it this way. Love was compressed for all history in that lonely figure on the cross who said that he could call down angels at any moment on a rescue mission but chose not to 
because of us. At Calvary, God accepted his own unbreakable terms of justice. And this afternoon, I want to give people in this room the opportunity to personally ask Jesus to be their Lord and Saviour. You may have sat here many, many times. You may even have grown up in church. Or this may be your very first time. And you're thinking, how does I make all of that apply to me? Well, it's very simple. It's about coming before him and simply saying, Jesus, I believe you died on that cross for my sin. And I want you to forgive me. And I want you to help me to live for you now. And not do my own thing. Just want to ask you, just a very open and honest question without any judgmental attitude at all. I don't know anyone really here that well. So you know I'm not being, it's not coming from any other than a place of heart, of love. But if you were to die right now, would you know for sure you'd be going to heaven? And the only way you know for sure is by trusting in the cross of Jesus. And there's a prayer that we use every week in our life that we're going to use right now. And it's a prayer that expresses really all that I've been sharing about how we apply this. And maybe there's people in this room and you need to use this prayer as a recommitment to him when you've considered his faithfulness at the cross. And maybe when you've considered the faithfulness of these women and you think, to be quite honest, I'm struggling. And you know what? Join the club. We're all human. And there are times where we do struggle. And we need to just come back to the start, as it were. And so if that's you, I'd like you to maybe use this prayer as a recommitment if you'd like to as well. And so we're going to pray this prayer together. And then I'm going to pray, pray for us as well. So let's pray this prayer together. And I'm going to pray this in, in about 20 seconds. But just for these 20 seconds, just reflect on these words. Reflect on what we're going to be saying. And then we'll say this prayer together. That's all from us today. Thanks for listening. We pray you have a great day.